0: Warning the following podcast may be harmful to your marriage or relationships if used in an attempt to change anyone but yourself. Are you dead, buddy? <laughs>
1: Welcome to another episode of Relationship Rewire, where we talk about what's right and what's wrong with relationships and marriage in our world today.
0: Well, episode 32 is finally out. This is John Anderson, and welcome to Relationship Rewire. It's been a while since I've had an episode out. It's been a crazy spring and summer for me. I had two children graduate from college from two different states. I had my first grandson and my youngest daughter just got married in June. And uh, to top it all off, I just completed my new book, The Acceptance, which should be out in October. So hopefully we'll be getting more and more episodes up here quickly. I do have some people lined up for this fall that I'm excited about sharing with you. Some well-known names, as well as some not-so-well-known names. So this episode features my oldest daughter, Abby Jennings, and I think you'll be interested to hear what she has to say about what I've done right and what I've done wrong as a husband and father. Well, welcome. I've got um, a special guest today, the first time that she's ever been on Relationship rewire. This is Abby Jennings, and I really—it's hard for me to do that even after six and a half years. I want to say Abby Anderson. Abby is my daughter. She's my oldest. Okay, Abby. Just so I don't look bad and get it wrong, how old are you?
1: I am twenty-nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about being on here?
1: I'm excited.
0: You are? Yeah. You're not uh, nervous?
1: A little bit nervous, but I also feel a little bit like a a celebrity maybe a bit.
0: You are a celebrity, at least in my mind. (laughs) Okay, so Abby, tell us a little bit about, well, tell us a lot about you. Uh, You've been married six and a half years to a guy named...
1: Carter, yes. Carter and I um, have been married six and a half years. We um, live in Fort Worth, which...
0: That's in Texas. In
1: Texas, Fort Worth, Texas. Which is in
0: the U.S. of A. Which is in the
1: U.S. of A. Um, He grew up there, and so we live there, and we're near family. It's very hard and sad for me not to be near my family here in San Antonio, but we have found our sweet spot living in Fort Worth, and we love it. We have a um, little boy who is four months old.
0: And he is the new light of my life.
1: He's the new light of a lot of our lives. And
0: he's named after just me.
1: <laughs> His name is Anderson.
0: His name is Anderson. <laughs> but I call him Daddo Buddy. Yes. We're good, so Daddo is the name that um, Abby and my youngest daughter, Anna, and my darling, Joanna, and my son, Connor, said that I, I need to have a grandfather name. I couldn't think of one. And so they came up with Dado, but now my grandson's name is Dado's buddy.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're convinced those will be his first words.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm making sure of it. I, I. That's all I say to him. <laughs> okay, and so Anderson was born April 3rd. April 3rd. And um, so one reason I wanted to have you on here is because I wanted people to hear not too much honesty about how I parented and husband, but some honest... No, I want want it to be real.
1: All the deep, dark secrets.
0: Yes, all the deep, dark secrets. But also, um, so Abby works with Growing Love Network. She works with me. Although we are 200 and roughly 25 miles apart, we are on the phone almost every day, Mm -hmm. sometimes several times a day, uh, doing stuff that we have to do. She's... um, Uh, Abby worked for, um, several years. How many years did you work in the engineering firm?
1: Um, gosh, probably close to seven,
0: seven years. Mm -hmm. And then as of, um, well, she did some help with me here and there, help with website, help with, um, some, some social media things and things like that. Um, but she started full time with us, uh, just what, about six weeks after mm-hmm. Anderson was born. Yes. And so a- Abby knows a lot about the work that we do. and um, But I wanted to get pick her brain on um, what uh, it was like being our daughter and what she learned and maybe is still learning. I'm sure there's still some things that you see me doing as a husband that you wish I would do different. And since mom's not here, we're not going to throw her under the bus <laughs> and, you, and tell what she's so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a tough one first. Uh, as far as me being a husband to your mom, to Joanna, what is something or what are some things that uh, you hope that Carter doesn't do that I've done, <laughs> or things that you hope he does, mm-hmm. or that he does that I don't didn't do that would make for a better marriage, and maybe yourself too. Maybe it's not just husband to wife but mm-hmm. wife to husband as well.
1: Okay so I'll start with the maybe the things I wish he wouldn't do or doesn't do okay And this one's kind of a
0: wait let me get my bulletproof vest on yeah yeah okay
1: <laughs> this one's kind of a tough one for me because one of the things that's so that people love about you is your humor. Mm-hmm. And um your sarcasm, in a way, is one of the things I love about you,
0: oh that sarcasm, but I, I got it. I, oh.
1: I have it's observed, bad. and it's interesting you know there's things that you don't observe very much or very well when you're a kid, but now as an adult, looking at your parents' marriage, mm-hmm. sometimes your sarcasm definitely gets in the way of communication mm-hmm. with mom and and it's never um. I shouldn't say never, <laughs> but very rarely is it ever you being malicious or or mean or picking at her. But sometimes it's that you think you're being funny, and it's hindering communication. Um, where she's like, "No, no, no, I'm, I'm trying to have this serious moment," or "No, no, no, I'm trying to get my point across." Yeah, and you have a little joke about it, or and I'm,
0: I'm, yeah, and I'm not, I'm making light of something that that she's trying to be more serious about. Yes. You know, and, did you know that the word sarcasm comes from two Greek words? I took I took two semesters of Greek and forgot most of it. Really? But sarc and chasm, cutting of the flesh. Really? Yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: It's so funny because I know that sarcasm is hurtful a lot of times and frustrating typically. Um, and and I know I've needed to to become less and less that. And mm-hmm. I, I, I would like to say that I've gotten better at it, but I probably haven't. <laughs> not better at being sarcastic, but better at not being sarcastic. Yeah, that's a good... It's, it's, it's really hurtful. And, and um, you know, especially a lot of guys will be sarcastic with each other right. to kind of show camaraderie. Mm-hmm. But it also... It, it's kind of a way of pulling... It's like, it's like grabbing somebody and saying, I want to be your friend. But then keeping your elbow keeping, locked. Yes, yes, You know, it's like, I don't want you to get too close. You
1: can bond with someone through some sarcasm, being funny together or being witty quick. Yeah. But also you keep them at bay.
0: Yeah. It keeps, yeah, it keeps a distance.
1: You don't have to get too deep.
0: Yeah. So, you you know, my three buddies, well, it's now become a group of six that we get together and play 42 dominoes about, I don't know, every five or six weeks. hmm and we are really sarcastic most of the time, but we we also um, share a meal at the time, and we kind of like okay, no sarcasm, no no you know jocking around here. We're we're going to be serious and 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 talk about r- what's really going on in our in our lives, and and uh, because we realize that yeah, at at the at the very least, sarcasm keeps people at a distance. But even if it's not intended to be hurtful, it's usually hurtful to people, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay, so I'm I'm glad you called me out on that because (laughs) I have not been vigilant about dealing with that lately. What else?
1: Well, do you want me to move on to some positive things?
0: You don't have to. I mean...
1: It's surprising because sometimes... Or you hear a lot that people can come up with a list of things that you've done wrong, and it's hard to think of the things you've done right. i op- <laughs> in this situation. I'm opposite. I'm having a hard time coming up with a bunch of things that you've done wrong. Um, I've got a couple that I that I would hope I am treated as a wife the way that you treated um, mom, or um, that I loved that you uh, that I observed you. Um, doing as a father and as a husband.
0: Well, there's a part of me that wants to go on to the good <laughs> and not say anything else negative about me. But uh, I do, I do want to be real. Is there anything? Well, maybe we can come back to that. I don't know. You can't think of anything else. It's probably the, probably the things that you can think of are not mentionable. <laughs> No. It's like, no. No. No, the dads, no. they would just, it would hurt you too much <laughs> if I. <laughs> this would
1: ruin your career if I mentioned these things. Yeah. No.
0: Do you wish I'd go with you guys more when you go out to do, like, uh, look at furniture? Or, when we go
1: to Home Goods?
0: When <laughs> go to Home Goods. And there's a plug. I hope I, well, maybe they should send us some money for that. So. Yeah,
1: if you like to sponsor us Home Goods. Yeah. Um,
0: I know mom. Well,
1: okay. So along along those lines, you you, ask, or you asked about, you know, when we get together a lot um, as a family and either we're coming down here or um, we're meeting where Anna and Jackson live in Austin or y'all are coming to visit us in Fort Worth, somehow, I don't know if it's that mom and Anna and I save all our errands up for when we're with each other. Mm-hmm. Or if we can come up with a hundred to run when we're with each other. But we love to go out and check things off the list and run errands and mm-hmm. do a little bit of shopping. And um, usually, 99% of the time, you or Jackson or Carter or Connor stay at home or y'all go work out. or um, It's usually just us yeah. girls going and do the, doing those things. And so, yeah, I've thought, um, I've actually never thought this necessarily about you, but I have thought this about Carter when um, people are visiting us that, okay, we're going out and doing these things. Don't you want to come and just maybe just do an hour with us Mm -hmm. and spend some time with my mom or with Anna who are visiting? And so I guess the same could be applied to you that, when we're here visiting y'all and we're running around, wouldn't you want to just come and hang with us a little bit? And I'd, I know that that's asking, a, uh, probably asking a man to go sit and have his teeth pulled. Um,
0: well, maybe just drilled on a little bit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I, I always think it, w- it would be fun, but then I also realize that's maybe a little bit selfish to ask you to come and spend time doing stuff that that's not that interesting to you. Um, Because I could come down and spend an hour of my time doing something that's more interesting.
0: No, you're right. And I know I see that, um, you know, so your husband Carter loves to golf. Mm -hmm. And you take the time to go out and, you know, once every other week or so and go ride around on the cart with him while he golfs, right? Yeah. 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 And um, I'm sure you could think of a million other things that, that... you'd rather do than ride around on a golf cart but you do that anyway to to
1: spend some, to time, sh- doing spend something some time that, time that
0: he yeah. likes yeah yeah you're right i could do that i don't know if i will but i could <laughs> no i'm just kidding i need to i definitely need to be intentional about um because, yeah, mom mom will even say, you want to go with us. And I'm like, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think she would really enjoy me doing that more. Yes. It, anything else?
1: Not at the moment. Okay. I'm sure as we leave here today, I'll come up with a hundred other things in the car. <laughs> oh, dad, I should have mentioned that.
0: Well, if you think of something, <laughs> great. Okay. So what about uh, things that, that um, I did write or that I do write as mm-hmm. far as um, how... I interact with with mom
1: so there's a two things that I guess I've always thought as a kid and that even I think now observing now um, that I love about how you treat mom and how y'all's marriage works and one is that you always um, and I say you meaning you but also just the two of you always um, pursue each other still in dating so um i can't tell you how many times i'll call one of y'all and it's a friday afternoon what are y'all doing tonight and you're still oh we're gonna go see a movie or we're gonna go to dinner that happens all the time Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and i love of course who doesn't but i love date night i carter and i we love to have a date night we used to before we um had Anderson probably too many date nights we would go out have date night a couple times a week now we get it you know maybe our one a week and but it's just something I cherish because it's really uninterrupted time to sit down and talk
0: yeah. with
1: your with your spouse and you can try to do that at home but you know you're always distracted by little things
0: yeah you're more um, focused on each other yes yeah. and
1: you and mom have always dated you've always dated each other mm-hmm. even when you've been married Thirty plus years, you you're still dating each other.
0: Yeah, something interesting about that, and this is something I'll say. You say that you know now with Anderson that you it's not as often, but it's still like once a week. Mm-hmm. You guys date. You, you go to Glorias more than once a <laughs> week. I know that. That's true. <laughs> and you're That's having true. a little date, but you know it's it's it may not be like okay on Tuesday night we're going to go to Gloria's and then we're going to go to a movie. It's right. you just go and eat there, but you're there. we got every, one hour. Yeah. But, um, so first of all, when me and mom got married, we didn't, nobody said at that time you keep dating. It wasn't until about probably three, four years after we got married that we went to our first marriage seminar. And that's when they told us you got to keep dating. Mm-hmm. And we were, well, I don't know. I shouldn't speak for mom, but in my mind, I thought dinner and a movie, that's a date. And so, first of all, we couldn't afford to do a dinner and a movie, uh, especially back then. Yeah. Even once a week, maybe once a month. But when we were dating in college before we got married, we didn't have any money, but we dated almost every day. Mm-hmm. And dating was um, sitting on Nana and Poppy's couch at their house and uh just talking uh dating was going on a walk most of the time i mean if we did dinner and a movie back then it was probably once a month and then it was like the dollar you know theater the reruns that have been out for a year and maybe sneak our own food in because we couldn't afford but but people don't you know so often people think about dating as this like thing that you plan all out and everything but we dated every day it was it was not so much about um, having a, a set aside time it was it was more about what you do and right and on the dating it was it was a safe place um, this is a time where we're not going to confront each other this is a time when we're not going to bring up issues that we have a hard time with each other or, or you know anything like that it was solely for the purpose of getting to know each other better, enjoying each other's company. And the biggest thing, accepting each, you know, showing each other acceptance. That's what, that's what got us to, you know, want to get married to each other in the first place. And then you get married and you think, oh, well, now I got this person and you quit doing those things. And now you're trying to, uh, all the time you spend together, or I shouldn't say you, but we, and a lot of couples that I work with, now it's like if you have time together it's uh, okay we got to figure out this we got to um talk about what you know how we can do better as a couple we've got you know it's it's like bringing up issues issues. and confronting and stuff like that and so it's it's unpleasant for both of us and then after a while you don't even want to if you're going out on a date you're doing stuff to avoid talking you know Mm a little loud restaurant where other people and you know or, and make fun of them or just I wonder what their thing is you know kind yeah. of like that movie date night yes and then go to a movie so you don't have to interact because you after a while you forget how to interact without it being pleasant right yeah so I uh-huh. like that you guys do that a lot Yes. as a marriage and family therapist in private practice I quickly discovered that for most situations therapy wasn't what most of the couples needed as a first step After some time of researching why this was so, I discovered that many of the top marriage experts such as Gary Smalley, John Gottman, and Willard Harley had discovered the same thing. As counselors and therapists themselves, they had learned that for most who seek out marriage counseling, the best first step is often not to start with counseling, although for many it is often the best second or third step. Like me at this point, you may be wondering to yourself why this is so. Isn't that what everybody in our culture tells us to do when we are having marital problems? Go get counseling? There are several factors that contribute to this phenomenon that would take too long to explain in more than just a few minutes, but a study by the Gottman Institute at the University of Washington showed that when couples start with marriage counseling or therapy, within 24 months only 17% of them will still be married to each other. I don't know about you, but I would not elect for any medical treatment that said there's an 83% chance of death. Over the past 12 years, I have conducted over 100 marriage intensive workshops. The reason I started doing them in the first place is because they held a promise of a much higher success rate. In fact, two separate studies have concluded that at least 70% of the couples who have attended these workshops are still married. So you see, the results of starting with counseling versus starting with reputable intensive are overwhelmingly at polar ends of the success spectrum. I still believe in counseling. At any given time, I am working with numerous couples in a one-on-two counseling type setting. However, these are either premarital couples or couples who have already been through our Love Reboot, a marriage intensive workshop. So, if you have an okay marriage that you would like to be wonderful, If you have a stagnant marriage that seems to be more and more like two people just sharing a roof and bills. If you have recently been separated or considered separation, or either of you have suggested separation. If either one of you has considered or suggested divorce. If there's been a recent affair, or maybe you're just one of the many who has tried all sorts of approaches to growing your marriage, but none of them seem to have a lasting positive effect. If any of these applies, get to the next Love Reboot weekend that you can possibly put on your calendar. I say possibly instead of conveniently because we've seen so many couples who know they need it but can't seem to find a convenient time to make it happen. Suddenly they realize that they've come to a point where it's too late and one or both spouses is no longer willing to try. I don't know about you, but it is never convenient for me to set aside three days for something that doesn't sound like a vacation. If I needed a heart transplant, but waited until it was convenient to have the surgery, well, we all know where that goes. Love Reboot is the relational surgery that you know you can't put off any longer. So join the hundreds of marriages that were once eroding, failing, or headed for divorce but are now experiencing a thriving, growing relationship with each other because of the new start that they got from attending a love reboot weekend. Find out when the next one is by going to our website, growinglovenetwork.org. Yeah, so okay, you you liked that um, that me and mom still date and and we are intentional about yeah and we and again we st- we date almost every day, you know, if it's let's watch a TV show together cook together. Oh, no, cook together. Very often. We started we've picked up a new game that we like to play the other <laughs> you know the other night we played for like 3 hours. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a date. Yes. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Um okay, so then the other one that has always stood out to me and again these are these are big for me because as a kid and as an adult I still think of these things that I love about you as a, as a spouse and mom as a spouse and y'all's marriage is and I, th- I hope this makes sense but I have never thought of one of you as the leader and the other as the follower hmm. there are things and, and topics where one of you is more the leader mm-hmm. um, you know Certain parts of parenting, or um, certain things around the house,
0: mm-hmm. one of
1: you has always kind of owned that, of course.
0: And you agree that the husband should, though, um, control the remote control. But...
1: <laughs> Carter sure <laughs> thinks so. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but as a whole, when you look at, when I look at y'all's marriage, I and, and as one of your children, I have never thought oh, one of you holds more power than the other. Mm-hmm. and um, your communication has always been very respectful as far as decision-making. Um, mm. I'm not saying y'all have not ever disagreed. I know you disagree all yeah. often. But
0: we, we have power struggles sometimes. Yeah, but, mm-hmm. sure.
1: But I've, I, I think that I've never, and I think a, a, this really is telling when you're asking one of the children, I've never thought, oh, all I have to do is go around mom to dad mm-hmm. every time. Or all I have to do is go around dad to mom. Mm. I never felt that way, which to me says a lot about how y'all share that Come on, on power anything, in your marriage there, together. On nothing,
0: there's nothing that you knew you could milk me easier for.
1: Um, I knew I could milk mom easier for money
0: <laughs> than you. Um,
1: yeah. I knew that I could probably milk you easier for going to have friend time versus having to stay home for dinner mom, okay. mom really liked us to be home and have dinner as family mm-hmm. and which you did too but i could always like dad i haven't seen so and so in two weeks and i really she asked me and her mom is making something special and i could always <laughs> kind of get soften you up on that but i'm, I'm just saying as a, as a whole i've never thought you know there's I don't know if this is okay to say, but there's some marriages where you think, oh, that poor husband has no voice at all, mm-hmm. or that poor wife doesn't ever get a say in anything, yeah. and I've never thought that about about y'all's relationship, which I think is,
0: well. You think, I've
1: always appreciated. I'm glad
0: it. that you saw that, because early in our marriage, we weren't that way. Early in our marriage, everything that we didn't see perfectly eye eye on became a power struggle. You know, and we looked at every issue that we didn't agree on as one of us is going to win and one of us is going to lose. And thankfully, before you got too old, <laughs> um, we discovered uh, the rule of both win—that basically that every decision we make, we know we're that we're um, that the other person would buy in too. So you know, even like on buying clothes, you know if if I'm at a store and I see a shirt I like, um, and I would, you know, back, back then I would think, Oh, but Joanna's not going to like this, but, but I like it. So I'm going to get it anyway. And then on top of that, just to show her, you're not going to tell me what to do. You know, I would wear it at a time when she for sure wouldn't want me, (laughs) you know, like we're going out and she's dressed to the nines and I'm, I'm putting on my Hawaiian shirt or something, you know, (laughs) but, um, yeah but now it's you know if i'm if if i was going to get a shirt the first question i ask is would would mom like you know would she like me in this because you know we're we are we've become more intentional about considering each other in all our decisions and then when it's decisions that really affect both of us that we're both a part of say we we strive to offer not my choice or your choice but what What can be our choice? Mm -hmm. So very often um, what I think is the best thing is not the best thing because mom's not going to buy into it. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I tell like people will ask me, what's a good parenting class? And I'm like, oh, there's a lot of good parenting classes out there. We've taken a few different ones, but the best one is the one that you both agree on. Mm -hmm. Because even if I said this, I think this is the best parenting class, uh, and you go take it, but your spouse isn't on board. Then, then it's not going to work if right. they think if they think a, a different parenting class is better. So, um, I like to I like to say it this way that, that uh, every every circumstance, every issue that we don't see eye to eye on, um, if it's like a table, and um, that table is covered in pennies, you know, hundreds of pennies, and every penny is an option f- to resolve that issue. Well, when we start struggling for power, then we see only two pennies on that table, my penny and your penny, and we wipe all the other pennies off. And so we don't think that there's all these other options. And it's just one of us is going to win, one is going to lose. So. We recognize now that okay, even if the other person doesn't take their penny off the table, I've got to take mine off so that I can see all the ones that we swept off on the floor that might work, mm-hmm. and and I look for one that I think they would buy into as well, and I offer that up. What do you think of this one? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm glad like you. I'm glad that you see that. Yeah, we uh, mom has led on a lot of great things that that I didn't see, and so we try to use both of our leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, what about parenting? There's, is there some things that you want to not repeat about the way we parented? Or I should say more specific, about the way I parented. <laughs> Did you prefer when I locked you in a closet for a, a few <laughs> hours or, or when, when, you, when I hung or you upside you, down by your ankles?
1: Or when you rationed my food.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this while while you're thinking about it. Did you ever feel that we parented each of you a little differently like um, some things that you had to do your siblings didn't and things that you didn't get to do they got to do?
1: Yes and
0: so you as an uh, older child is there a difference in how you looked at that then and how you look at that now?
1: And I'll admit and this is this might make me look terrible there's some things that I, I, I understand and I'm like well of course you had to parent the three of us a little bit differently also I think that you as a parent learn more as you go along in your years of parenting so sure. mm-hmm. there's things that you did with me or didn't do with me that you knew could be better with Connor and then even better with Anna mm-hmm. um, there are some things still that <laughs> and this is where I look just like a uh, I don't know whether I look like oh back in my day kind of attitude towards Anna yeah of um mom and dad never let me do that there's some things that y'all have gotten more lax on uh-huh. which again I think probably part of that is realizing you didn't need to be so uptight about it um with mm-hmm. me yeah but you just didn't know and so sometimes I think oh how how could y'all do that with her? That's ruining her. I wasn't allowed to do those kind of yeah. things.
0: Yeah, and there's how many years between you and Anna?
1: Six and a half. Six and a half. Mm-hmm.
0: And that half can sometimes that half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but but for the most part, I see that our differences, the differences that y'all, as far as parenting, had with each of us, most of them were warranted. You know, you knew that different strategies worked with Connor that didn't. With me, or that you had to take a different approach with Anna that you didn't with me. Mm -hmm. Um, Or you, you know, just, I get that. Yeah. Um, I also think, though, the biggest thing is that you realize as you go along in your years of parenting, things that are important or are not important that you didn't realize when you were a brand new parent. I'm sure there's things that I'm doing with Anderson now even as a baby, that probably by my third baby, I'll be like, oh, we don't need to be that uptight about such and such. Why yeah. was I ever stressing about, you know, having him in bed at 730 on the dot? It could be <laughs> yeah. 735 or it could be 740. Yeah. Um,
0: and some of that is just when you have one child, you have a lot more energy and time and bandwidth to be more focused True. And then you got by the time the third one comes along, it's like your bandwidth is being used up it's, with the other two.
1: What can we do to survive? <laughs> right, you're out. You're out manned at that point. <laughs> yeah,
0: but yeah, but then <laughs> some. Some of it's just like I'm tired. You know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to make this short and to the point. The podcast you're listening to, Relationship Rewire is a free service to the public provided by Growing Love Network, a nonprofit organization. That means we don't make a profit. In fact, to be able to do what we do, which is to provide top-notch innovative help for marriages, we rely on donors so that everyone can have access to the help they need, regardless of the ability to pay. Won't you take a moment, hit the pause button, and go to growinglovenetwork.org, click on the donate button, and give what you can. If you're not sure about it at this moment, hit pause anyway, just for 15 seconds, and ask yourself if this is what you should do. Go ahead, I'll wait. Did you hit pause and go donate? Good, thank you. If not, Hit pause now. Hello, this is Max Locato. You're listening to Relationship Rewire. So, let me ask you this: Can you think of something specific that we did differently with you, and let's say, Anna or Connor, that you still wish we you wish we would have done it not differently? That um, um,
1: does
0: that make sense?
1: The one thing that always stands out in my mind, and this is again, this is just because it's me, and I'm, I'm. It's easy to think about, oh, how I was treated unfairly. And I don't know if this is was this was because of my personality, mm-hmm. or if this was because I was the first. But I felt like I had a lot more responsibility asked of me. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: from an earlier age.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And sometimes I thought, well, "Why aren't they doing that with Anna and Connor? That doesn't seem very fair." And there, I'm gonna be obviously way more mature and grown up than they're gonna be because mom and dad. Asked me to babysit two kids at eight, or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> how
0: old were you? Do you remember how old you were the first time we asked you to babysit? I mean, like actually, like go out on a date or something while while you stayed home with Abby. And,
1: I would say I mean, probably, probably nine. nine really nine, nine that or, young? Nine or ten? Wow. Yeah,
0: I was good. I was thinking like twelve. <laughs> and oh, Ava, but, wow, I
1: think so because I still have vivid memories of. Of babysitting and honest still being, before she and I had our new, I remember mom bought us this great new bedding when we shared a room and we had twin beds. Mm
0: -hmm. And I have
1: memories of babysitting before we got that bedding. Hmm. And I was still in elementary school. Um, I don't know, you know, when we say babysitting, I don't yeah. know that y'all would go for dinner might, and a movie. But I might get social you might services called on me
0: for that <laughs> <laughs> these <Yeah>. days. <laughs> wow, that's, that's yeah. I do remember that the first, I don't it seems like, in, in my memory, you know, our memories are imperfect. But mm-hmm. I do remember, it seemed like the first date that we went out on it and left you in charge of Connor and Anna, that we came back and the whole house was picked up all the dishes were put away you had even done a little extra cleaning and and it was just like wow mm-hmm. I mean you were you were very mature early on anyway And part of that's being that older sibling but, mm-hmm. but it was like we took it as you really wanted us to date and, yeah. and so you wanted it you to be know, you, easy, yeah, to be easy. You wanted us to be able to come home and not have to deal with the house. Then that you mm-hmm. know that, that that was really important to you to see mom and dad having their time together.
1: Yeah, and one other thing came just came to me that I think you did differently, and it, you it's kind of funny. You think it would maybe you would think it would maybe be the opposite that with me, I think y'all protected me less from. Um, Problems or issues either in the family or in our, in your marriage or in finances when you were back in grad school or whatever it is, I, you were more open and I was more aware mm. of trying times. Mm-hmm. And by the time with Anna, it wasn't that much, wasn't that really that way with her. Y'all were more protecting of her from stuff like that which you would think it'd be kind of the opposite. Like you want to protect that first baby and you don't want them to know anything that's mm. going wrong. And then by the third, you're like, here's everything out on the table. And sometimes I, I appreciated that things were more open and transparent with me.
0: Hmm. I shouldn't say that you
1: did it wrong with by the time you got to the third, but I liked, and I would like to, as a parent have that same kind of transparency with my kids. Hmm. I, it, it was actually less stressful as a kid growing up to know um, I always use this example but you know when we were living in Abilene and even beginning of San Antonio when money was very very tight and you had just come back you were just getting back into work you had finished grad school and I always use this example of I knew we couldn't get a soda when we went out to dinner Um, (laughs) and if we ever did it was a really big treat and you know what's back then probably a soda was 98 cents or something but um, but I actually it gave me it gave me peace and freedom knowing okay here's the boundaries that we can operate within and which again maybe that's my personality yeah but I liked that transparency Um, it's kind of almost goes a little bit to boundaries where people are actually more free with boundaries. Yeah. That same kind of concept, I, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and
0: then knowing like it being overt, hey, this is, you know, we're struggling right now, so we got to watch our money is more doable than sensing that money's tight, mm-hmm. but pretending like everything's okay. Right for example.
1: Right. yeah, and, and also in your marriage, you guys didn't hide from us if y'all were frustrated with each other or, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't, we can't fight in front of the children. I mean, y'all never fought, fought. Like mm-hmm. I, mean, I never once saw y'all really even raise your voices too much at each other. But uh, if y'all were yeah. in a disagreement, y'all aren't going to go behind closed doors and have a disagreement. Yeah. And that would probably be one of the things that was so and for me so healthy about observing um you two is knowing that a marriage doesn't have this straight line going up trajectory or a straight line going down trajectory mm-hmm. it's going to be this curved graph that goes up and down throughout the entire course of your marriage you're going to have some highs and you're going to have some lows mm-hmm. some of those highs might last five years and then some of those lows last might last five years or some of those highs might be a week, and then you have a low for two days, and then you have a high for five years, and then a low for four months. I mean, it just yeah. kind of goes like this. One day is better than another day, mm-hmm. and I like that 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 wasn't hidden from us. Mm-hmm. It was real, and y'all have a great marriage, so maybe that's why why y'all weren't hiding stuff from us. In my opinion, y'all have a great marriage. Yeah. Um, That you were letting us see that, okay, every marriage, every parent is going to have their disagreements and their arguments. Mm -hmm. And it gives me a lot more of a healthy perspective with my marriage of, uh, you know, if Carter and I are in a disagreement or we have a couple days where we're just kind of feeling eh or yucky with each other, Mm -hmm. I don't get distraught and feel like, this marriage isn't working and this isn't going to work out. I just... Instead, I have a perspective okay, this happens. We're people. Mm -hmm. He and I are both going to have our times where we're not the best versions of ourselves. What am I doing in this low time to contribute to this low time? How can I change this low time? Instead of thinking the world is ending and our marriage and we weren't meant to be and why did we get married? And which I think a lot of people, when they have seasons of toughness, they think they did something wrong. This marriage was the wrong idea.
0: So it you, you sounds like you're saying you actually learn how to relate with your future spouse by observing how your parents work out their mm-hmm. problems and issues and disagreements and hurt feelings and stuff like that. Yes. You know, another thing that, that makes me think of is that I, I sometimes will have a couple say, we don't argue or we don't fight, but they... You know, when you dig a little deeper, they do, but they just, they think of arguing as um, like yelling or raising their voice. Right. Or maybe even just contentious talking. And they don't do that, but they argue with the silent treatment.
1: Passive aggressiveness or whatever. (laughs)
0: or Yeah, they they just sweep stuff under the rug or they use nonverbal, you know, communication. Mm Mm-hmm to argue and and so they they typically have a a bunch of like buried i shouldn't say buried but just stuffed down resentments with each other and that's that's why i'm dealing with them because they they haven't learned to to talk things through in a healthy way and and uh express when they're hurt and Mm -hmm. express when they're frustrated and in a healthy way that helps each other yeah
1: in other words you're saying that Arguing done in a healthy way isn't a bad thing.
0: It's a human thing. Yeah, yeah. There's no relationship that that's worth a, a dime that hasn't had <laughs> some, you know, that hasn't had some arguments, mm-hmm. whether they're verbal or nonverbal. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's two people that have two different perspectives and different thoughts and feelings, and yeah, yeah. What would you say is one of the biggest? things that you learned from growing up in our house? Hmm.
1: Put me on the spot with this one.
0: doesn't have to be the biggest, just what's something like... What's... Uh,
1: um, probably one of the biggest things I learned from growing up in my childhood home with you and mom, and one of the things that you both preach. In a slightly different way, but still same message, is to love other people more than you love yourself. Hmm. I remember growing up, and that would frustrate me sometimes, because all I wanted was for y'all to sit there and listen to me complain about how a friend hurt my feelings, or listen to me complain about how I was wronged at school, or how Anna and Connor aren't doing what I think they should be doing to me, and that was one thing that y'all just—I mean, y'all y'all both are listeners. You would listen, but the end of the message always was, "Well, how can you love that person more?" Hmm. Um, and always, how can we love others more than we love ourselves?
0: That's interesting that you say that because I—if I could go—and Anderson's my do-over, my first do-over. <laughs> one of the things i I wish I had done a lot differently is is I wish I didn't try to um, correct you so much, you know hmm. um, like even I think I found myself going, you know kind of uh, okay, so you you have a tiff going with somebody at school, you know, mm-hmm. and um I would listen for a bit. Yeah, that's hard, isn't it? Well, what can you do different? You know, and Mm -hmm. it was like I was put on this therapist hat or something instead of my loving father hat. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have just stopped there with the, yeah, that's hard, isn't it? Or that hurts when people say that and not added the, well, what can you do to make it better? You know, Um, because most of the time when somebody would just understand, we can kind of find it in ourselves. Then once we feel understood, then we are able to see what we can do different, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and That's not all true. the time, especially for a little child, but I think more about your teen years, you know, sure. When it was like, you know, it's, it's kind of like the equivalent of if your child comes and scrapes their knee, they fall down and scrape their knee and it's bleeding a little. And, and I think that, no pun intended. Knee-jerk reaction is to to try to soothe it. To it, it's not that bad. Look, look at the birdie over there. You know, or uh, you know, don't cry. It's going to be okay. We're gonna get some bandage. And I wish I'd have done more of. That really hurts. That stings, doesn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that. I hate scraping my knees. It it hurts. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd have done that more with the emotional hurts because those mm-hmm. uh, not tried to help you. Get past the pain. Um, not try to make you be tougher, mm-hmm. but but um, or
1: distract you from the pain. Right, mm-hmm.
0: but to um, be in the pain with you. I, I wish I'd have done that more. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: no, that makes a lot. Because that's really,
0: I think, the more important part about human the human interaction is. I mean, it's important that we help each other get through things, but I think the biggest way we help each other in most things is is to be in it with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this has been a good excuse to get to, to have good, meaningful talk. Oh, well, we don't have to. We had one just yesterday. We yesterday did. Yesterday morning, good, we meaningful did. talk. I sure do love you.
1: I love you, too.
0: Thanks for being on Relationship Rewire. Oh, I
1: was happy to be on. <laughs> this was fun.
0: Any last thing you want to say?
1: I don't think so. This was kind of a... You have all these ideas and, and thoughts and perceptions about how you were raised and what you liked and didn't like. You're going to think I'm lying here. But sitting here talking through all this stuff, I think, hmm, I think I kind of had a pretty sweet little upbringing.
0: <laughs> it wasn't so bad. It wasn't
1: so bad.
0: <laughs> I kind of
1: like these two people I call mom and dad. Um, but no, it's it's fun to think through. Things that you would want to change and, and want to do the same, mm-hmm. and especially for me right now in this new phase of life as a as a new mom, it's kind of fun to talk through this with you and
0: having think mic- about
1: how I want to how I want to parent and how I want to be a spouse.
0: It's kind of weird to having the microphone in the conversation, how that changes the conversation. <laughs> it really
1: is. <laughs> it really kind
0: of is. Yeah, it's kind of uh, uh, helps to take some of the. Emotional reaction out of it, you know, because it's like, oh, there's eyes on me here. Yes, it's uh, so
1: weird, but I feel like even though we're sitting here in your office, I feel like we are sitting with some, you know, hundreds of people right (laughs) on the other side of the wall listening to what we're saying, even though it's just you two, uh, us two here.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it but changes the conversation. Once we get it put up, there will be thousands yes. <laughs> of people. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, it does. But I, I, I think you've been pretty real. I've been trying to be real. It's hard. I mean, I have. I don't think you've. I, I'm sure that if you knew nobody else was going to hear this, there'd probably be some other things that you would say. Maybe, about. Maybe,
1: maybe, but I, I think I, I think, I think that I've been pretty. We've been pretty. Honest, I think.
0: Yeah, I tried really to held, be. I've
1: been held back. You did put. You said you put your body armor on before we started this. So, <laughs>
0: what, what are we going to call your son, my grandson? Daddo buddy. Daddo buddy. Daddo yeah, buddy. Right? Anderson is just on paper.
1: <laughs> That's just for the birth certificate. Yes, but
0: his first words will be Daddo's buddy.
1: What was it a few weeks ago? You said I hope that. In a year, he thinks his name is Daddo Buddy. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, it's been good. It's been great. Got to go back and take care of Daddo Buddy.
1: <laughs> Got to go and take care of Daddo Buddy.
0: you hey, Daddo Buddy! <laughs> <laughs>
1: Relationship Rewire is produced by Growing Love Network. Growing Love Network exists to revolutionize relationships for lifelong love. You can find us on the web at growinglovenetwork.org. We welcome your feedback on this or any of our episodes. Send us an email to relationshiprewire at gmail.com.
0: had you I just said breathe,
1: breathe. <laughs> <laughs>